0: now tuned in to the Internal Communications Podcast. Every month, we'll be inviting the most exciting and seasoned people in the industry to discuss everything affecting Internal Communications today. Now introducing your host, Jonathan Davis. All right, welcome. We're back with another episode of the Internal Communications Podcast. And today, I always say that I have a special treat for you, but today I really, really do have a special treat for you uh, in the form of Miriam, who works at TransferWise, which is obviously one of probably the most well-known fast-growing companies uh, right now, particularly for British expats. Um, Miriam's built up a career in internal communications and thrives in fast-paced environments and has a lot of information to share about her internal comms approach there. And she also has a unique outlook on how we should be measuring internal comms and not just output, but also business outcome. So, um, well, I'm going to stop bigging you up and just introduce, let you introduce yourself. Miriam, welcome.
1: Hi, I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for having me. So yeah, great introduction, Jonathan. Um, I'm Miriam. I work at TransferWise. I joined TransferWise in the middle of a pandemic. um, And so I've actually never set foot in the office. I've been working from home, which has kind of had its own challenges but it's also given me a really good insight into how things work as I've kind of started um, my role as more of an outsider looking in so it's a good way to analyse current processes, how we're doing certain things, our channels, what our audience think and so yeah as much as When I first found out I would be still joining TransferWise during lockdown, which filled me with some dread, to be quite honest with you, it's also been very positive. So, yeah.
0: That's pretty amazing. So, first off, internal communicators need to be really visible in their company. So, um, you're not physically visible. What have you been doing to make yourself digitally very visible?
1: So, when I started, I had a look on our HR system and started to kind of get an understanding of the structure of the company and how different teams, where they sat and how they were run. And I started just reaching out to key stakeholders in the business to introduce myself and introduce the concept of internal communications as a starting point because it's this I'm the first person to do this role at TransferWise so it was a part educational piece part introduction and also part exposure for me and I managed it and approached it in a very much kind of two-way way in terms of what I can provide you with what you're going to get out of it, but also what I can get out of it and slowly and steadily my manager has also been um, promoting myself as well within the business and internal comms essentially as a function. Um, And I got thrown in at the deep end when I joined, I, started working on one of the biggest internal communications projects we have um, within the, the year, which is our kind of all employee cohort called Mission Days. And it's a twice, it's a twice year event where we um, fly pre-COVID all of our employees to three locations around the world, but obviously this time it was fully remote And I was, like I said, thrown in at the deep end and um, was tasked with managing this project from an internal communications perspective. So the usual things of kind of the logistics side of everything and and managing the speakers and where they needed to be and what they needed to um, produce for us, but also uh, managing the messaging that they wanted to communicate to our employees to make sure it was aligned with our mission aligned with our strategy that the product updates were concise cohesive that they were communicating in a very digestible manner as well and so it was a it was a bit of a culture shock for me as um It was fully remote. I'd never managed anything like that in a remote environment. I'd done stuff like that before, but it was always face to face. And because I'd never met anyone face to face, it was also super challenging to have to deliver feedback and um, direct people over Zoom. And because of that, in answer to your question, Jonathan, That gave me full exposure as well within the business because I was liaising with multiple key stakeholders, predominantly from the product team, which is super important for the internal comms function at TransferWise because the product directly links to our mission, which is what all of our employees work towards on a day-to-day basis. And people really of feel very, very connected to our mission, which is such a nice thing. I've never experienced that before working in a company and um, it's super positive and I'm really happy to be at TransferWise.
0: That's amazing. So I'm just imagining, I'm just putting myself in your position of starting completely anew in a new company. And then one of the first things you have to organize is this massive company-wide remote event that you've never done anything like it before and to be fair i think there are a lot of internal communicators that have never organized a big remote event before pre-covid we could do a lot of things offline luckily back then Um, so i guess my number one question related to that is you had to liaise with a lot of key stakeholders you had to adjust their messaging you had your own input your own ideas your own fresh especially that fresh new energy that you want to bring into a company but you have no relationships really to get those things across. So how did you help people tweak their message in a way that they would accept your tweaks?
1: I think first and foremost, TransferWise has a very, well, we day-to-day are a very feedback-driven company. So it's not abnormal for someone in say customer services to give feedback to someone in the legal team and again it's I think a very unique part of our culture and it actually it helps our teams kind of deliver towards the mission because you can always get input from anyone and I think it's so easy when you're Working on a project that you're managing to get stuck into that and just keep going in the direction that you think is best without kind of understanding or sense checking or hearing out from other people who might have some other good ideas right so. This is really unique to transfer wise it's something I've not experienced uh, before and that was. A kind of it helped with as a new joiner in this remit to deliver feedback. So there's that part, but there's also the the stakeholder management element that I made sure I did prior to the um, the feedback for our mission days. I made sure that I reached out to the various. Presenters and speakers that were going to speak at the event prior, and just got to know them a little bit and set up fifteen-minute calls with them just to kind of understand what they wanted to get out of mission days. Also, so I could introduce myself and kind of present to them a little bit about my philosophy and and my internal comms way of working, so that they could understand what the direction was and also see internal communications, i.e. me, as a real valuable service to help them land their messages for our audience who could then really relate to what we were doing in terms of mission progression and understand what it was going to take to get there how long potentially, and basically their role within that. So making people feel really connected. And I used that general explanation with everyone that I spoke to, to enable consistency and to really kind of make them understand how my feedback could be valuable to them and in turn improve uh. Not improve. Sorry, just ensure that we were working towards our mission together, and that's the key thing.
0: Actually, it's it's funny because I've recently been talking to a lot of internal communicators that wanted tips on starting their own internal comms podcasts, and you know, from doing this podcast, quite simply, one of the first things I always tell people is just have a call and get to know somebody first. So I think that already proves just how important that is. But I think it's really great to have that kind of here's what's in it for you attitude. Um, and definitely an aspect that sometimes is maybe taken a little bit for granted, you know, sometimes internal communicators get so overwhelmed with everything they want to do, uh, that they're really focused on all of that output and not on what's going to be the outcome of the person at the receiving end. Now, we're going to dive more into output and outcome in a bit because we've had such a good talk about that before that I just basically want you to share your knowledge with the audience again. However, um, I have a a really interesting question. I hope you find it interesting. Uh, When it came to TransferWise, because it's a really fast-growing company in a a tech space that at a certain point decided we need an internal communicator. They didn't have that before. You're their first one. Why? Why did they decide that they need an internal communicator?
1: Yeah, interesting question. So, I know that they understand how internal communications could have a direct effect on employee engagement and therefore uh, reduced attrition. And I think that they were doing quite a lot in, in the way of internal communications, but there was no real strategy and no real understanding of kind of audiences, i.e. segmentation, Um, channels as well. So they Mm. relied heavily on Slack. Well, we still do at the moment, but there are plans to progress that and kind of uh, see if there's anything else that we could launch internally to improve internal communications. So when I went for my interview, they described how internal communications was running. And I think they did themselves a bit of a disservice, to be honest with you, because they kind of positioned it as though nothing was happening. They didn't know what they were doing. It was just a lot of information being shared, which is true. There is a lot of information. There is a lot of noise. However, I think that they were managing to a certain level. And I think the reason why they then decided to hire someone in is because we have growth plans to scale massively. And so in order to be prepared for that growth, it was imperative at that point that they would they would hire someone to come in and help with the changes that are going to happen um, and to ensure that our employees remain connected to our mission, remain informed, continue their journey at TransferWise and, and, and stay, and that our employee experience improves as well. And I think that's really important. Like I said, we are about to embark on a huge growth journey and with that inevitably comes a lot of change and we see ourselves internally as very much still a startup unfortunately part of that will evolve and change and I think we don't want to lose people through that journey we want to make sure that people stay connected like I said and it was that I think that they it was when they realized that they knew that they needed someone to come in and help them with that part of the mission
0: awesome so it it really was about we want to scale our culture as we grow basically we're growing we're scaling the amount of people we have probably offices locations uh, all of that stuff our culture needs to be uh, sustainable and go along with that exactly that's amazing I, that's a and a very good business problem, uh, I suppose, for an internal communicator to tackle.
1: Well, it's a huge opportunity for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understand. So, actually, you mentioned um, another thing that's uh, I hear this so frequently, particularly in the um, tech industry and with other fast-growing companies, is um, everybody loves Slack, um, which we do too. I think it's a great tool for um, uh, fast-paced messaging, essentially. Um, it, in fact, it's probably the best for that, to be very fair. You mentioned that you are they're trying to run everything through it. Now, without talking about any solutions that you're trying to figure out to take place of it, I'm just curious, what are the problems that you are encountering with using only Slack? Because I hear so many internal communicators that want to bring in a different solution, but they're hearing from the uh, executive level, well, we have Slack. This is, this is what you need to deal with. Why is that? Why does that not suffice?
1: So we, I I hear that a lot as well from our leadership team. Um, and it's very common that we'll push something through Slack as that's our main medium at the moment. And the feedback I get when I challenge how far the message has gone is that um, well? If it's been pu- if it's been posted on Slack, that means everyone's read it. The reality is it it's not. Firstly, there and I don't know if this is unique to transfer wise, but this isn't a problem with Slack. I really like Slack as a instant messaging um, information consuming tool. Yeah, it's that as a company. We and it's part of our culture and it's a really nice part of our culture. We are encouraged to share and collaborate and and share our successes, achievements, stories. And there are lots of channels because that's part of the culture I was just explaining of the sharing and people are trusted and supported to and feel free to share their experiences. But with that comes a lot of noise, as you can imagine. And the implication of that is you have some parts of the business who are constantly on Slack and constantly consuming information. And so for that part of the business, I think Slack is a really good tool. However, you have some other parts of the business, and I'm sure it's not just unique to TransferWise, who don't have the time to constantly follow Slack and and scroll through channels to see what information they've missed. And so I think that is the main issue and the main challenge that I'm facing at the moment. It's just far too noisy and there's far too much information. And in addition to that, there's no real strategy for internal communications on Slack i.e. announcement-only channels um, where people can't also post in. They can just react, so they can do the emoji thing. There's also no strategy in terms of kind of when's right to post or understanding of channels as well. Often you'll find that... um, there are multiple channels for the same purpose and a lot of inactive channels. And so this can create a lot of confusion and essentially be a complete blocker to some parts of the business who don't have the time to spend, uh, looking for the information. And that's where I think the biggest challenge lies for me.
0: Yeah, I think, um, Slack is probably one of those tools that I'd recommend every business to have, to be fair. Um, and I actually think that if you, if you take out that kind of sticky or the lack of stickiness of those messages, if you supplement that with a different channel, what you're essentially creating is you're creating a better Slack because there's a little bit less noise and becomes a little bit easier to deal with. Um, so I, I like your approach there and certainly something that we hear um, quite a lot within internal comms, particularly in the tech space. Now, that, those were channels. We've talked about tactics. Yay, good fun. Now let's get to the meat of the matter. Um, because one of the things that we spoke of before is how you were always looking at turnover as a metric. You were always looking at turnover and saying, well, we've run a campaign, we've been doing this on communications, and it wasn't yet a transfer wise, but um, at your previous company. Um, And you say, well, I want to measure up the results of that campaign versus the turnover that we're having. And that, I think, is probably one of the most crucial messages that um, we can ever put through this podcast, which is that people need to stop just measuring their direct output within internal communications and start focusing on actual business outcome, i.e. reducing turnover. So tell us what you did. What are your thoughts on it? How can people start implementing that right after they've listened to this podcast? Because... I'm sure a lot of people are wondering exactly that.
1: Yeah, so I'm a big believer in, data, in a data-driven approach, and I think that there's so much more that us as internal communicators can do in that area to improve um, the way that we communicate, but also the way we engage employees, and as a result, reduce that attrition. And so if I could just go back to my previous role, which was for a high fashion brand um, traditionally very corporate um, and lots of um, people feeling disengaged they weren't getting enough information about the position of the business and what the strategy was and mm-hmm. They also didn't understand how their role fit into the direction or or the next three-year trajectory of the business. And this all came out from the employee engagement survey. This isn't anecdotal. This is pure data that came out. And so I looked at that data um, from an employee engagement perspective to see what what drivers we could look at to help increase retention um, because our retention was extremely low. And I kind of analyzed the key areas from the engagement survey where we were scoring really low to see how internal communications could help drive some of these focus areas as I like to call them. Um, to increase that employee engagement and therefore retention. So one of the main parts that I looked at was leadership communication, because we scored really low um, with that. And p- the, the analysis that we did, it seemed like there was a direct effect on trust and communication from top down and again the results of people who were at risk of leaving scored that really really low and so I looked at uh, how we could use internal communications to improve that and what I did is I worked really closely with the leadership team to influence them to start communicating more and sharing more about the culture, our values, our purpose, our strategy. It wasn't easy. It was very, very challenging because being a very corporate company, it's not something that, and I'm not saying every corporate company behaves like this, but Maybe it was unique to that particular company, but we'd kind of fallen into a rut of just kind of business as usual and people being very siloed and, and not sharing what was happening in other parts of the business. And it was a retail company. And so we had these really hard to reach audiences who are customer facing with the highest attrition which is quite standard and very disconnected from what we were doing at HQ level. And, um, and it wasn't just those hard to reach audiences. There were pockets of areas in the business at HQ level as well, who we saw consistent turnover for. And so I worked with, like I said, um, I devised, sorry, an engage a 12-month engagement plan. And I picked out kind of using our culture drivers, I picked out various topics that we could focus on to help build a comms plan to start encouraging our leadership team to share information, record themselves. So if they one month, we we focused on um, our our factory teams, and so what they were doing there, and so that kind of storytelling element as well, to bring to life that era of the business that people knew nothing about, but they were the garment creators. You know, they were they were making our garments, and they were disconnected from what the rest of the business was doing. We were disconnected from them. And uh, like I said, I would pick, we were lucky. We had 12 people in our leadership team. So that was one person per month who was then responsible for driving these messages around different key themes. And so what I did is I gave them almost a toolkit and advised them on how and what channels of communication they should be using, but also data on our audience, who you need to be communicating most with, what channels we can connect with those audiences, we can connect those audiences through. And um, again, helping them write the content and create the content. And we use a variety of different uh, tactics in terms of content. So video, blog posts, Also uh, some audio as well. So podcast, very like short snippets. But what it did is it connected back to the strategy and back to the culture. And the impact that it had, which sadly I can't see now because I'm no longer there, but what happened in the middle of the engagement plan was the start of this global pandemic, which meant we had a portion of the business that had been furloughed and therefore no longer working on the shop floor and able to access content that they might not have had time to do before. And we saw huge increases of engagement from them in terms of two-way communication dialogue between them and leadership and other parts of the business it then encouraged the sharing of knowledge not just from leadership but from other teams sharing kind of their plans their strategy what was happening in their part of the business and so it really made people feel connected and and anecdotally I got a lot of feedback from many teams but mostly the retail teams on how much it had helped them stay connected during this kind of very uncertain time and I think the reason why it worked is because it was very much a top-down business and so I wanted to use leadership as an example, and I know that sounds quite um, negative, but I mean it in a positive way. I wanted to what I saw leading up to this, the start of this plan, was if leadership did it, then we saw engagement through that, and, and it encouraged other people to follow them and do the same. And so that was part of the approach and the reason why we did well, I did it like that and it worked. And when I left in the middle of the pandemic, um, it was so nice to see how much we had supported in, kept our employees in gay uh, informed, increased engagement through what could be seen as quite a simple, tactic and simple process. It's not rocket science. It's just about connecting the data that you have and seeing the trends and then as a result, testing what could work um, in order to drive that engagement and hopefully increase retention.
0: So, okay. That was a 12 month initiative, which is you made it seem as if it was simple. It's not. You did a lot for this. So <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to summarize. I want you to correct me if I'm wrong here. So you, as step one, you started at a business problem, which is we have high turnover and we need to do yeah. something about it. Cool. Then we have step two, which is okay. What's actually the cause of that problem. So you survey people to figure out what is there. You need a data, right? Yeah. Okay. Then you had that data, then you started to figure out, okay, what's a realistic way that would work for this specific company that I can use that data to actually hopefully make a positive impact? Exactly. Yeah. Then you decided, uh, for example, a a communications toolkit for leadership would be better because you can sit there and communicate as the internal communicator all you want. But if that's not how people prefer to receive their internal comms, then they're not going to be engaged with it, right?
1: Right. And I think that's really key is understanding not just obviously the data piece is really, really important to help show the impact that you're having, but also as an internal comms communicator, I think understanding your business and audience, even from like a sense point of view and having those conversations and being that listening device to connect your employees to the business or leadership, whoever it is, um, to enable that flow of information is really important.
0: Yeah, and then, so, and then the outcome is that you, unfortunately, you didn't get to measure this because you had just switched jobs to TransferWise. But in a normal circumstance, you would have a look at, okay, what are our immediate kind of analytics? So probably survey and actually find out, did that make a difference? Yes, um, and then look at okay. The survey says it made a difference. Now, did it actually mean that our retention decreased?
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: so or Sorry. Yes.
1: Yeah, so it was a mixture of we. There were plans to uh, kind of pulse people in a few months, um, but then COVID happened, and so we didn't want to inundate people with requests. for feedback and things like that and actually we put we put our focus on uh, continuing the um, communication to make people feel supported and informed during this period of difficulty so we kind of changed our focus from that perspective but it worked well because where we couldn't measure through a pulse we actually could measure how many people were sharing the information, how many people were reading the information. So we used a a tool to share and communicate with with people. And so the analytics part of that was really helpful to see it literally, we kind of pre-COVID start of campaign, engagement plan, growth, slight growth, and then COVID happened and then like a huge spike up. So that was really handy um to see how and measure how well we were doing
0: so here's the thing and i've been trying to um essentially preach about this for uh, i think well the past year is that we we need to get better at not just measuring what we're doing which unfortunately a lot of people still aren't doing yet um so that's it, indeed the, the posts the likes the comments the reads uh, um just actual passive consumption of your communication, what's happening with that, we need to be better at that. And then that ultimate step is to be able to say, well, here's what's happening with turnover. Because the way I see it is, let's let's say that you approached executive leadership and you stayed at this company, you approached them and you said, well, listen, we've seen massive engagement from this initiative. So that's working. The survey says that the problems people were experiencing are no longer problems. However, let's say our turnover was still high. At the very least, even if that's the case, and you can go to leadership and say, but the problem isn't you guys not communicating or our culture not being great. The problem lies elsewhere. So we need to find out and put our attention there.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think it's about testing and learning from that and continuously improving. And there's no harm in rolling out something positive like what, I did at the previous company and maybe you do get to the point where you're measuring your attrition based on the initiatives that you've rolled out and seeing actually that doesn't it hasn't had any effect because you've still seen other forms of um, employee engagement increase and so again there's another opportunity to not just increase retention but to also through your discovery of why the retention hasn't improved there are other ways well through the discovery you could find new ways or other more effective ways to engage and hopefully again through that discovery find out why the retention isn't improving so I think what I'm trying to say is there's always things that you can do and you have to understand the audience and use data to kind of support why you're choosing to do certain things but don't be disheartened if there isn't a direct effect on the final result that you want to achieve because even if you don't even if that plan doesn't get you to where you need to be there are There are more positives and other positives that have come out as a result. And you just have to go back, review the data and try something else. And I think, you know, be confident in yourself. There There are many things that you can do and it's just about finding the right one.
0: I love that. I love this, and I think that I'm going to leave you with one final question on this topic because you've, you've hit a sensitive spot within that subject. So as we start measuring what we're doing, and the, our first step is as internal communicators, like the baseline, the hygiene factor that we need is we need to understand our output much better and measure that better. Now, the second that we do that, the next step is what we spoke of before is measuring the relation between output and business outcome. But then I think comes a third step and that would be if you don't directly affect that business outcome through the initiatives that you've run, which is something that can happen, right? Let's say turnover didn't get reduced. It's not the desirable result, but then you've still spotted an aspect of your company culture that is not the problem, namely communication. And essentially you're able to advise leaders much better than when you're just taking the approach of, let me just send a bunch of articles and and see what happens. Do you think that this is the way that internal comms is evolving, maybe on the higher level? Do you see yourself as, you know, what HR does with an HR business partner? Do you see yourself as an internal comms business partner in that sense?
1: A hundred percent. I think we had this conversation before, you know, it's so easy to fall into that trap where people see you as a copywriter and so you can sit there and write emails and communications and Slack posts for days, but is that going to have an impact? It's the, it's a really fundamental question, I think. You have to review that and, and, and see, but for me, no, it's not going to have a huge impact. What will have an impact is, as you say, partnering with the relevant people, advising them on the information you've managed to obtain through your analysis, your discovery um, from the engagement survey, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you use to measure engagement or success, you can provide those stakeholders with a very detailed and basic communication process that will enable them to reach the audience they want to reach communicate effectively to those audiences use the right channels and therefore have a direct impact on in my case our mission and so i think it's evolved in that sense and it's still evolving and what i do now is And what I'm starting to do more of here at TransferWise, empowering those people as well to create their own content and create their own messages. And I am more of an editor essentially and can help advise them on the tone. Like I said, the channels, uh, also more tactical um, examples of say, if they've tried sending a message on Slack, they haven't had, as much engagement as they would like, okay, then I can help you explore other channels or other avenues or other tactics to increase that reach and increase that engagement or two-way communication, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So yes, I have a feeling there are many internal communicators out there who, you know, spend a lot of time writing communications for various people in the business, whether it's leadership and, or HR or whoever. And I think, you know, there's always going to be an element of that. However, it's about balancing and you don't always want to be that gatekeeper and the person who controls the messages or controls the tone because there's so much more and so much more value that you can put your energy into to, you know, have a direct impact on that main objective. Like I said, in my case, it's attrition and mission, making sure people are connected to that mission and understand it and know where they fit within that. And I think that's, where the mindset needs to kind of change slightly in my opinion
0: yeah i i absolutely um, agree that mission part is essentially the alignment function of internal comms and the attrition part is essentially what you achieve through engagement uh, a reduction in that so uh yeah there's a there's a third level to that, that we'll be able to talk about pretty soon because I've been doing some research into that myself as well. So that will be fun, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> Miriam, you are the future of internal communications. Uh, that was an amazing approach and thank you for sharing that with uh, our audience. I'm sure a lot of people learned from this and I, I really look forward to hearing about people implementing this type of methodology in showing the way that um, they have impact on the business. Um, thank you so much for your time Uh, I hope you had as much fun as I did and I would love to see you back in the future maybe you can tell me how you've uh, reduced attrition at transferwise in the future
1: (laughs) thank you so much for having me and for anyone out there who kind of wants to discuss this in more detail or wants to kind of brainstorm the any tools in how to achieve this or work through this methodology feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and we can have a discussion. And I'm always open to learning from other internal communicators too. So definitely get in touch, let's build our networks, let's change internal communications and make it more data-driven, more measurable and have higher impact on uh, attrition and employee engagement.
0: I'm not going to add anything to it other than you can find a link to Miriam's <laughs> LinkedIn profile on happyout.com slash So Miriam, thanks so much. That was perfect. Thank you. Bye.